Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encouraged you and uplifted you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. One-liners today. Vision is so important when it comes to our legacy offering, when it comes to our birthday. Vision matters. Vision matters. And as we're talking about vision this month, it gives us the, uh, the opportunity to look at context. The whole concept of our one-liner series was how we sometimes take scriptures out of context, out of the context. And when you take it out of the context that it is supposed to be, you miss the uh, application, the true application of what God wants to, the clarity of God wants to do. So when you take the scripture out of the context, you're not living the full scripture. You're not living in what God calls us the abundance of that. We all want the abundance. And without clarity, you are only within your own thoughts and your own direction and have and when you but when you have clear understanding and the context you live a life that is flourishing in God in true context i remember the first time i realized i needed glasses okay i'm a four eyes nerd that's me okay I was in fifth grade, okay? I was in fifth grade. One day, I woke up. I was at school. We were, we were outside, and um, they were letting us read books. And out of nowhere, I just started seeing dots. I mean, I thought I, was, I, thought I was like, this is it. Fifth grade, I, I made it. I made it this far. This is the end, okay? This is the end. I started seeing dots and, and everything, and I, I started getting headaches. And I, I, I went to my teacher, and they're like, hey, I were to call your parents. They sent me home. And I realized real quick I needed glasses. I needed glasses. And I was wondering, my, my mom's like, what, what, did you not see the board and everything? I'm like, I mean, I kind of. You know, when you're, when, you know the glasses people. Like, when you take off your glasses, you're like, you know, just you don't know what you're seeing. I couldn't see the true vision or the true instructions that my teacher was giving me because I was seeing it not in clear vision. But then when I took the work in to go to the doctor and get glasses, what was unclear became clear. And now I can, I can take the instructions that was given and actually apply those instructions. See, that's how it is when you live life without vision. When you live a life of just, uh, just, just going by the wind, you're not living a life that is clear, that, is, that has clarity. And the only way we can live a life that is true vision is through his word. It's through his word. And, and through his word, if we're taking it out of context, we're not applying it the right way. And when you apply it the right way, man, it changes your life. Because the thing I know this is there is power in scripture, and if we miss it, we're just living life at surface level and not living life deeper. This is what surface level does. Surface level understanding, it inspires me. Surface level understanding inspires me. There's a lot of churches, preachers, um, speakers that are great inspirers. I mean, we, they just inspire because the scripture inspires us. But going deeper in the scripture changes us. See, if you just live a surface level and not get deeper into his word, you're living a life of inspiration, which is good. But then when life hits, you need something a little deeper that's going to sustain you in your life. That's what his word does. When we dig deeper into his word, not only does it inspire us, it needs to change us. 
when I read scripture sometimes, I want to just put it away because I'm like, I, you just checked me there. And I don't want to be checked there because it needs to hurt sometimes. It needs to, it needs to go to the core of who we are. It needs to break our, our religion. It needs to break our pride because the scripture is alive. And if we take it out of context, we're not living a clear life. Today, we're going to go through another scripture that is a very known scripture that we all heard. If you've been in circles, a Christian circles for a long time that we all heard. And we're going to go to the book of Philippians. <clears throat> I'm sorry if I I'm got a little throat thing right here. So if I lose my voice, I'll just do sign language. All right. In Philippians chapter four, verse 13, we all kind of heard this verse before. Let's go. Let's put it up on the screen. It says, I can do. All things through Christ who strengthens me. It says him, but other verse says through Christ who strengthens me. Anybody heard that verse before? That verse is very popular, but the reality is the strength that is talked about in this verse is subjective to the, the source that you operate in. It, it's subjective. The strength, it, it comes from the application of the work that you put into it. A, a bodybuilder gets strong because of the years and months and hours it puts into its body. You just don't wake up one day, I tried this, it don't work, and then you've got muscles. It takes time. It takes learning. It takes the hours of the sweat uh, to get the strength. And the strength in this context of this verse is more than just a physical thing. It's a mental thing and a spiritual principle we need to live by. People use this verse sometimes to, to pray to God, or to, to justify their unprayed decisions. They use this verse a lot to justify decisions that they don't really want to pray about. Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Oh, I like that relationship. And, you know, they, they might be a little wild, but I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I, I can get that job because, you know, it might give me a, bit, a little bit more money, but I'm putting my, my family to the side. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We use scripture to sometimes justify decisions that we didn't pray about, that we didn't fast about, that we didn't get counsel about, and we throw a scripture around. Let me tell you right, that, right there, that is not a way to live. That is called, a, uh, that it's called religion and not relationship. Sometimes you just can't throw scripture at it. You got to wait on the Lord. You got to, and this scripture taking out of context, this scripture, it, it operates, it, it helps people operate in their impulse decisions, in their unwise choices, and they get to throw the scripture on and say, hey, Christ is there. It just doesn't work that way. Because if you read the, the context of this verse, it matters. And in a culture where it's all about ungodly strength and ungodly, and ungodly things, we need a, a, a strength that is supernatural and not a strength that is carnal. Because I don't know about you, there, this world is changing on a constant basis. And we need a strength and we need a strength in something that is going to sustain us through this thing. Because there's some days I'm like, I don't want to do this. I, I don't want to wake up right now. I don't want to read my word, but the strength of the Lord is the thing that pushes forward in a culture that is ungodly. Here we see Paul writing this popular scripture, 
And you would think that he's given this enduring, this powerful, this positive word. But you have to understand the context of where Paul is in this moment. He is not in the most ideal location. He is in the he is in prison at this moment. I don't know about you. If I'm in prison, I don't care if I'm trying to encourage you. No, I'm not saying, hey, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I'm in prison. I'm in an ideal location. Like, I, this is not what I wanted. This is not what I signed up for. This is not something that I wanted for my life. He is in prison for preaching the word of God. And now he's, he's writing this letter to the people of Philippi and saying, hey, strengthen yourself encourage yourself and then something happens in our life and we're like oh it's a context he is in the worst condition in his life in the middle of prison and he's telling people find your strength in the lord what what are you talking about Because Paul had the ability and the faith to know that true strength is not in his surroundings, but what who surrounds him. He didn't look at his circumstance and said, hey, this is what's going to identify me. No, he knew who was surrounding him, which is God's presence. And he said, hey, I'm going to let that direct my life, not my circumstance. And it comes with this word in the middle of all this called contentment contentment let's read the scripture again in context and see what he has to say to us this morning philippians chapter 4 let's go 10 through 13 it says i rejoice greatly in the lord that at last you renewed your concern for me indeed you were concerned but you had no opportunity to show it I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever circumstances. I know what is to be in need, and I know what is to have plenty. I have learned the secrets of being content in any and every situation, whatever well-fed or hungry, whatever living in plenty or in want, I can do all things to Christ. He strengthens me. All right. Now this changes the story. Because now you can see where Paul is. Now you know where he is. Now you can kind of feel where he's feel, what he's feeling. And now you can understand what he's really truly saying in this verse. Because there's more to the story. What's the first thing that, that Paul tells us to as we look through this verse? Three things that stand out in this verse. Number one is this. It's learning time. Paul says this, I am not saying this because I am in need. Wait up, you're in jail. (laughs) What do you mean you're in need? If I'm writing you a letter and I'm in jail, I'm like, hey, send the forces right now. Send my people. I need to get out of this place. He's saying, I'm not in need. I have, what's that word? Learned to be content in whatever circumstances. Contentment is something that you Learn. I have learned, Paul said. Paul had to learn contentment because it's, in, it's not natural to mankind. Your circumstances doesn't identify you. 
Somebody needs to hear that this morning. Your circumstances don't it does not identify you. There is work you have to do to feel settled in the Lord. That's what contentment is. Whatever circumstance comes my way, I am still solid in the Lord. But we don't see that a lot in our culture. Our culture says when, when problems come, then you retreat. When problems come, then you find the next thing that's going to fulfill that, that void. It's with a drug, it's with a relationship, it's with all these things. It tells us to, to retreat when circumstances come our way. But the Bible says, hey, matter of fact, when circumstances and when circumstances do come, get strong. Get strong, find strength. Because circumstances do not identify me, God identifies me. When you are content in the Lord, circumstances don't change your identity. Matter of fact, it makes you stronger because you're growing in it. Circumstances can derail your destiny if you let it. Circumstances can derail your destiny if you let it. I remember there was this guy that I, that I knew a while back, and, and he, was, he was in his late 40s. And he told, he told me kind of one of the saddest things. He felt like he was called to ministry at a young age. At a young age, he felt like he was called into ministry. But he, he saw the circumstance. He fell into sin and he fell into this. And, and he said, hey, I, I can't be in ministry because my circumstances are this. But he took him 30 years to realize at the, at the older age of 40-something, that my circumstances don't dictate my purpose. But he wasted 30 years in this process of my circumstance holds my future. Let me tell you real fast. Your circumstances don't hold your future. God holds your future. And it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't change your identity in him. Whatever you're going through does not change his view for you. If he gave you a word, if he gave you a calling, yeah, you might screw it up, but get up and move forward. What the enemy wants you to do is to continue to be like, oh, but I messed up two years ago. Okay, who hasn't? Oh, but, but the, I just took the wrong turn. I understand. Get up and go. But, be, but you know somebody that is not content in the Lord when they're always trying to find the next thing to fulfill their void. You know those people that have a business idea every other week? Because they're not content in who they are. Matter of fact, they don't know who they are. You won't know who you are unless you know who he is. And when you know who he is, you look at yourself a little different because I am created by him. I am made in his image. I am made by the creator of the universe. And when you have that stamp on your life, you can walk a little different. You can talk a little different because it's not about my will. It's not about my power. It's about him. And that's where I find my strength. That's where I find my strength. Holy contentment is only found in him. How can you rest in the midst of the storms in life? This is how you can rest, knowing that he never fails and he never leaves you. Oh, that's just so simple. Yeah. Stop complicating it. You have a God 
that would never leave you, nor will he forsake you. So it doesn't matter what you're going through. You can go through it because you still have him on your side. It's holy contentment. Sometimes people are like, Pastor, uh, how do you feel planning a church in the middle of a pandemic? It sucked. <laughs> but we're still going. Why? Because it's not about my, a long time ago I realized when, when we first started our church, I was trying to do everything. I was trying to do it. And then somebody asked me the other day, how, how do you feel right now? It's been two years. I said, I don't care. They're like, whoa, what, what do you mean you don't care? I'm doing, this is his church. The weight's on him. I just got to be obedient to him. And when I'm obedient to him, the weight's not on me. It's on him. I'm doing his calling. I'm doing his will. So the weight's not on me. Yet yeah, sometimes I'm like, oh, my gosh. But here's the reality. It's his will. Let that free you today. There's no performance you have to do for God. There's no stage that you have to be like, oh, I'm being the best Christian I can. Hey, he loves you. He cares for you. You can't outperform for God. He already made the performance happen on the cross. And by him doing that, I can stand tall and be content in who he is, not in who I am. I might fail, but he doesn't fail. So I can stand tall and being called a child of God. It's a different kind of confidence. So it gives me the reassurance in my circumstance. In my circumstances, I don't my emotions don't derail. My purpose don't derail my destiny and my hope. Don't let your emotions go crazy because your circumstances are going crazy. Oof, that's hard. I failed that a couple times. Emotions, never make an emotion, emotional decision. That's the worst. Because when the emotion is over, you got to deal with the decision you made. Emotions do not. You know how you know somebody's a mature Christian, that emotions don't affect them? You have them, but they don't affect you. They're real, and you deal with them, but they don't change your identity in Christ. They don't change your character in Christ. It's the circumstances that makes us grow. It's not being lazy. It's saying, hey, God, this is your thing. This is your thing. I put my trust in you wholly, and I'm found in you completely. Another thing that he highlights is this, the highs and the lows. We love the highs. Woo. I love when everything's just clicking. I just, it's just going good. But be careful when everything's clicking. You know, there's a little storm around the corner. Always. Why can't it just be good all the time? Because if it's good all the time, we won't grow. See, the highs and the lows. In verse 12, it says this, I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret. It's a secret. The secret of being content in all and every circumstance. Whenever I was fed or when I was hungry, when I was living in plenty or when I was living in want. You have to understand that Paul at one time was a very wealthy man. A very wealthy man. I mean, his job was to kill Christians. <laughs> and he made money out of it. But then when he gave his life to God, everybody started persecuting him. So then he realized the street life is real. 
He went from the top to the bottom real quick. Let me tell you this real fast. Be careful of the people that only like you when you're on the top and don't support you when you're on the bottom. You know your true friends when you're on the bottom. You know the people that have your back when you're on the bottom. Everybody wants to be your boys when you're on the top because when you're thriving, hey, baby, I'm thriving too. When you're on the bottom, they're like, ooh, what I needed from them, I can't get from them anymore. So this is toxic. I'll get out of here. You just don't want to ride life with me. Because there's going to be highs and there's going to be lows. And Paul is identifying this to the, to the people of Philippi in the midst of him being in a low season. He's telling them, hey, do not be, a, do not be surprised when you're on the mountaintop. Do not be surprised when you're in the valley. But in the mountaintop and in the valley, be content in the Lord. When you have much, be content. When you have less, be content. It, it, it's, it's crazy to understand. What, let me say this. What happens to you when everything's going good? You're clicking on all cylinders. I mean, it's going good. The, the investments are going good. Now, it's not right now, but the investments are going good. Everything is clicking. The job is good. You just got that raise. Everything's good, right? What happens when a storm comes and you lose that job? There might be a sickness. Because here's the thing I understand is when life is hitting people, their urgency to know Christ goes down at times. But when life is good, their urgency goes a little higher. Why? Because everything's clicking. And I'm just rolling. But then when everything's going bad, then they have to be like, oh, I need to know this person. I need to find this. They're trying to do it on their own power, and they don't need God. And when things are going bad, that's when you need to draw closer to God. That's when you're getting his word more. The true test of maturity, uh, maturity in the Lord is when storm comes or when success comes, I stand consistent. I stand consistent. When, when I'm on the mountaintops, I'm still a blessing. When I'm on the valley, I'm still a blessing. That's consistent living. Yes, I'm not trying to tell you, like, if you, if, if you, kind, of, if you kind of get a little crazy at times, hey, we're all human. What I'm trying to tell you, go back to the source. The source is the Lord. And when you continue to know that your source is the Lord's, then you can look at circumstances a little differently. Doesn't take the circumstances away, but it lets you look at them a little differently. Paul is in a jail. For us, it'd be like, this is the end. For him, it's like, I'm writing a letter to encourage somebody else. It's all about perspective. You might be in the most chaotic season of your life, but it's, this can be the most prosperous season of your life if you look at it a different way and you put your source in the right source and that's in the Lord. Next is this and I'm done. I'll get you out of here. You guys got lunch in a minute. Okay. Number three is this a strength test. You know, those little things, the little, um, 
the little stress things, but it's like the little, I don't know what it's called. It's just like, just stress balls, but it's like the, no, it's the, the handle grip things. Gives that strength. It's like, when I'm doing those things, man, my, my veins are coming out. I'm like, holy moly, I'm built for this. I am built, built for this. Or when you go to um, Family Fun Center and the little, the little thing that you hit and it goes up, I'm like, I'm going to teach you real quick, son, what strength is. I'm going to teach you. Strength. What is strength? What is the strength that Paul <coughs> is, is talking about in this verse? Let's go to verse 13. I can do all. Everybody say all. I can do all through him who gives me strength. What is this strength that he's talking about? The, the all things that Paul is talking about in this verse is only through Christ. So the strength I have, I might have boldness, which is good. I might have the resources, which is good. I might have the talents and abilities, which God gives. But the strength that Paul is actually talking about that we need to start operating in and is the strength that is above like it, it helps you in your life is called the strength of humility man they hated jesus when he came on the scene because they thought he was going to be an army soldier to take rome and just burn the city down and this we're going to conquer everything but he says hey live a life that is humble wait bro we had john the baptist who was just baptizing people and cussing people out how does it take that kind of leader? People thought that Jesus was going to come on the scene and save them from Rome. That was their Messiah in their eyes. But then Jesus comes in and says, hey, you want to fight? <laughs> Turn the other cheek. Bro, this guy's weird. Hey, hey, you want to, you want to, you know, you want to take on, hey, you know, you need to, you know, you need to give. It's better to give than it's to receive. Whoa, but they're taking taxes away. This is how people thought back then. They're taking money from us and taxes and everything, and they're like, hey, God's like, hey, it's going to be okay. I'm here. It's the life of humility, and humility is your strength. How do I know? James chapter 4, verse 10, it says, humble yourself before the Lord, and he will what? Exalt you. People are trying to be exalted in, in different areas in their life. It's not to put you on a pedestal. It's to, to grow. It's to, it's to advance. It's to, it's to live life in that abundance. God, you called the need to live life in the abundance. And the only way to do that is when you humble yourself before the Lord. Then he will what? Exalt you. He will exalt you. It's in humility to let me know that he is supreme in all areas of my life. In John chapter 3, verse 30, and this one of those verses that I don't like, that I wish I can take it out, but I can't, is this. He must increase, I must decrease. When we have an understanding of our roles in this and stop putting ourselves as the hero, and putting him as the hero and us trusting him and directing our life, that means that I have to decrease and he must increase. That doesn't mean that we just wait and be like, all right, God, there needs to be action behind it. 
But you have to understand what you're operating in, the source you're operating in. What's the opposite of humility? Pride. Pride says what I can do, how I can do it, and when I can do it. God, wait right here. I know you have a plan for my life, but just pause it right there. I, I, I got to take make sure I deal with this first. I'll come back. That's a weird illustration, but we do that all the time. God, um, I, I know that you called me and I had an experience with you, but um, college students, I, I found a, a, a boyfriend or girlfriend. Can you wait right there? I'll be right back. Let's see if this works. And we leave God to the back burner when he's the one that provided. We like to worship the provision and don't like to worship the provider. We put an idol on the provision and don't even give credit to the provider. We have put idols up in our life of success, idols up of our family sometimes. Because sometimes we're like, oh, your family is uh, important, but God is like, needs to be a little bit up there. Because if he's not there, then everything doesn't work. It's, it's, it's pride that, that kills our destiny. When the world revolves around you, it's always going to be about you. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18 says, first pride, then the crash, and the, and the big ego is harder the fall. You know those people that have egos, man. I'm one of them. I'm just telling on myself sometimes. Because I can, I can, I can operate there. I've operated there for many years. I remember when I, Jess, Jess has been an angel to my life. Pastor Eric wouldn't be here right now. I would be in a suit in the church of God. There has been a season in my life where it was all about who can I talk to to get the success I needed. There would be times where we would go to meetings and I would even enjoy the presence of God. I'm like, I need to talk to this person because I want to be on this board and I'm gonna need, I need to do this and I need to be here and I need to be here. I'm, I'm speaking to you, not all, like speaking at you. I'm speaking from experience. That's an ugly place to be. And then one more time my wife told me, hey, I don't like who you are. I'm like, wait, I'm trying to, I'm trying to do this for our family. Like, if I'm up here, then we can, but, uh, that's not who you are. When you're trying to live a life of success and, and then pride sits in and it's all about you and it's all about what you can do, well, where's the room for God? And then you're praying, God, I want a blessing. I want a blessing. I want a blessing. And God's like, you can do it on your own. You're already trying. See, a life revolved around you, always, it's all about you, will bring a life of stress, depression, doubt, hopelessness, anxiety of the future. Why? Because within your power, within your humanity, you can't live a life of the abundance. Abundance is not attached to money. Abundance is attached to God's will in your life. 
a life of abundance, when I'm all about me, how I need to do what I need to do and all this stuff, if it's all about me, I can't fulfill that fully in myself. So what's going to happen? I'm going to think lower of myself. I'm going to look at myself like bad because I can't fulfill it. But when I put my life in the life of Christ, I can look at it and say, hey, not my will, but your will be done. Whatever you need from my life, I am there. If you say go here, I am there. If you tell me to go there, I am there because I am living a life that is in the abundance. And only that is through a life with Jesus. Through a life with Jesus, because with humility, I can accomplish more of my purpose because he is the one directing my life. So when I am weak, he is strong. So when I, where I need to go, he knows that direction. How I feel, he sympathizes with me. Who I am, he's already shown me through his word. Who, who to trust, he gives me the discernment to trust. In me, I fail, but in him, I'm more than a conqueror. Do, do you see the difference? You can play. In me, in my abilities, within my carnal mind, I am limited. But I can take my humanity humble myself and bring his supernatural into my life. And that's where destiny and purpose meets. Some of you are in a situation where you don't know the end. You don't know how you got here. This is a very uh, bad situation, a very sad situation. What if instead of you trying to see how you can fix it, why don't you humble yourself before the Lord? Well, instead of talking about it with people, why don't you talk about it with him? Why don't you do a little bit? Why don't you fast? It's not, it's the secret things. He's just in order that he reveals it to us, the secret things. But the secret things are revealed only when we humble ourselves and know that we are the creation he is the creator and that my life, the strength that I find in my life is not by what I have, is not by who I know, is not by the abilities I have, which all those are great. It's by the one, the knowing who I am, who is my source. And my source is the Lord. So when people look at you and like, how do you operating that you, you, you got that cancer diagnosis. Why are you still happy? It's because I know my source is not in my cancer. My source is in the Lord. There was a friend in Orlando, Pastor Tim. His wife is probably the most healthiest person. I mean, keto, everything, and all. I mean, she's, she's health nut. 2020, they found out she had cancer, breast cancer. They were wrecked. Pastor Ken tells this, this story. He's like, God, I've been faithful to you. I've tithed. I've given. I, I've, I've preached your word for 20 plus years. Why my wife? And he said he went to a therapy session one day with his therapist. And his therapist said, why don't you live life with your hands open? Instead of closed. Why? 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 
We know our kids do this all the time. He said, why don't you live life like this? God, I don't understand. But whatever you want in my life, let it be. Because I know you're in control. And instead of talking about it, they got on their knees. They started praying about it. They started humbling themselves to the, to the Lord. And, and I don't understand why some people get healed, some people don't. My dad had cancer, and, I mean, he's, he's, he's in heaven right now. So I, I battled that sometimes. But, but thank God that she got completely healed. God healed her completely because they went to the source and not through their own feelings and emotions. Their feelings and emotions hit them, and they dealt with it, but then they turned around and said, God, not my will, but your will be done in my life. And now what was a traumatic situation is now a testimony. I've been through their church a hundred times already, and every time, guess what they're talking about? The healing that came through that. You would think, like, why are they keep on talking about it? Because you don't know their pain. You don't know those times when they were on their knees. So when God answers a prayer, what you need to do, we are overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word of our what? Testimony. So you got to tell people, hey, it's not my will that God did this. The doctor said it was over. But guess what? By God's will, by God's authority, by me humbling myself, man, he turned a situation that was bad and turned it around for my good because God is a good God. It's a good God. I love Psalms 23. It's one of my favorite verses. It's the verse, I call it a contentment. The content, I mean, it's so great. Let's read it here. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me in the right path for his name's sake, even though, wait, he's saying it's coming. Even though I walk through the valley, the, the, uh, the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The rod and the staff was for correction, correcting the sheep. And he said, your correction comforts me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. He said, you're not only blessing me to bless me. It's going to be overflow so I can bless others. Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In that verse, you don't hear a lot of me, me, me. You hear a lot of he, his name, his will. And this is why I think David was called a man after his own heart. This David wrote this. Because he knew who was in charge of his story. He knew what strength to go after. He knew what strength to operate in because the Lord is my strength. In all things, I am content. 
in all things, I find my strength in him. When he is the target, the things just become a resource. When he is the goal, the things is just for a blessing. When he becomes my focus, I live a life of victory no matter what, because he in all things is my strength. He's my strength. Some of you need to hear this today. If you're in the most you're in the most weakest part of your life. Like you feel like it's over and you want to retreat away from the Lord. I'm trying to tell you today, he is your strength. You are able, you are stable, and God has your back. Let me say that again. Somebody needs to, you are able, you are stable, and God has your back. He is your strength. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, we love you, and we're in this together.